0: It is Thursday, March 30th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And
1: I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: Opening day is here.
1: And a royal drought comes to an end. Here comes the Vegas Truth.
0: This is straight out of Vegas. We are Straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Baseball season is upon us, Scott. Happy New Year. (laughs) This is a national holiday, and with all due respect to everything going on in the other sports, I don't care about you right now because the focus is this national holiday that is opening day. If you are working today, you're a sucker. If you're in school today, here we are working. Oh yeah, but this is way before the oh, game okay. starts. Okay. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home, take a nap, and wake up before the game starts. Great. <laughs> if you're at school today, well, find a way to get a note and get out. Good call. Yeah. If you actually go to the Yankees Twitter page, I believe they wrote you an uh, uh, an excuse note that you can get out of school today or work today.
1: Even if uh, even if what happens is like you, when the first when the tournament started on that Thursday, mm-hmm. you told your boss, "Listen, I need this day off. I promise, no more days off." Then you you need to take the you need to make it a lie. Yeah, like, he's
0: probably <laughs> forgotten
1: about it by now anyway. So, so. the Yankees,
0: uh, if you go to their Twitter page, they have a note to whom it may concern. Please excuse blank from it says circle one work school other non-Yankees-related activity, on Thursday, March 30th, 2023. It is opening day in the Bronx. Enough said. Thanks, Yankees. Yes, it is opening day in Major League Baseball, and for those that did not watch any spring training, it might be a little bit of a shock to see the new rules in enforcement. So a little refresher on the new rules, guys. The most glaring one that everyone will... Pay attention to, and we'll figure out as soon as they watch the first pitch of the game, is the pitch clock. Pitchers will have 15 seconds with nobody on base, 20 seconds with runners on base in order to pitch the ball. In between batters, so when you get an out, next batter comes up, you will only have 30 seconds the batter must be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the clock. What do you think of the shot clock in baseball? Uh, all I care about is the game being faster. Like, I, I,
1: re- I want baseball to do well. I don't want baseball to, like, suffer the fate of horse racing or something like that and be like this forgotten game. And it's like anyone who denies that that's the way it's headed in the last 20 years is. Oh,
2: I got the data right here. Three hours and 10 minutes the last two years. In the 80s, it was about 45 minutes less than that.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm saying, but anybody who doubts that baseball, like, viewership is falling off and things mm-hmm. like that because of the game being so long. In an era where our attention span is shorter. Right, yep. going the opposite direction. Yeah. Like, this is a big deal. Like, it, they have to shorten the game. I understand there's going to be some hardcore, some old school people who are like, I don't like this. I don't like them changing these things. It has to be done for the greater good of the game. So... I, I'm, do I do I love the idea of like a pitcher having to work at a certain tempo? No, but I also hate the idea that pitchers sometimes take twenty seconds between pitches anyway.
0: Yeah. Like, so now I would have made one tweak to the rule. I think that in a save situation, and we we have already established what a save situation is, right? Three runs. In a save situation, because I could say, oh, in any close game. But how do we measure close games, right? If, is it a two-run game? Is it a three-run game? A four-run game? Well, I'm giving you something that Major League Baseball already uses to determine what a close game is. And that is a save situation. I think in any save situation, the clock should be turned off. Well, that would mean
1: that—so a save situation for one team isn't a save situation for another— So, like, for that full inning, both teams would have to have that same advantage. So, in the ninth
0: inning, save situation. In the ninth
1: inning, if it's a game that's three runs or close. Yes. Okay. Pitch Uh, clock is off. Yeah. Pitch clock is off.
0: Because I think closers are going to be the ones that suffer the most. If you go on— You know
1: what? Fuck those closers. Adjust. Like—
0: Figure it out, dude. But like, this is the thing. you got. I, by I, the way, you only have to pitch one inning anyway. You got the true. easy job. That's like, true. But it's the highest leverage moment of the game. And sometimes, you know, in a one-run game, the pitcher takes his time. He's got to make sure that he's on the same page with the catcher. He wants to make sure he delivers the right pitch. And a lot of these closures are flamethrowers where they take the time in between pitches to catch their breath and to re-energize before they deliver the next 102-mile-an-hour fastball.
2: 102 miles per hour is very uncommon 10 years ago. Now it's every pitcher can do it. Maybe yeah. that this levels the playing field first, because it was unfair and runnings have gone down year after year. And, and it's and less exciting. What is the virtue of strikeout in the ninth inning versus a hit? It's nice. I want to get a RBI winner. If
0: you look at the Good stats, if you watch. look at the data of the slowest tempo for pitchers last the last two years, they're all closers. And not only are they all closers, they're all flamethrowers. Giovanni Gallegos, Emmanuel Classe last season. These are guys that throw over 100 miles per hour, and they're closers. These are the guys that are going to, I think, suffer the most by having to deliver the ball within 20 seconds. Let them suffer. I
2: like Let it. Him sure. suffer. Well,
0: I think we can take advantage of it. I think there's going to be blown saves. Yeah. And um, I think I think we're going to see I think we're going to see comebacks in the ninth inning. I think overs are the way to look. I but really is, I, I like
1: the idea that there can be comebacks in the ninth inning. Is just that's, a, more that's exciting, exciting for the sport. Sure. So that's exciting. Yeah. This is a way that the game is getting sped up. There's more excitement. I, I'm for this. I I can't say I totally understand the uh, like I, I get the shift rule. And I, I don't really care about that. Like a lot of people don't like to see home runs. I, I do. Yeah, so home runs I, are awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm for home runs. But the 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 thing that I don't totally understand is the the
0: bigger bases thing. They want to encourage stealing. Is it safer? That's what they're saying. They're saying it's safer because you're less likely. To slide into someone's legs or just make any contact if you have a couple of inches more separation between the two with of it? you. They Safer's also look
2: good, right? Everyone likes safer.
0: They also want to encourage more stealing because the distance between first and second and second to third is now four and a half inches. That's the, it's d- decreased by four and a half inches. Also, decreased distance from home to first and from third to home is now three inches shorter. So we might see more players tag up on some fly balls that they necessarily wouldn't tag up on. We're going to see some, you know, hits get legged out where they were bang, bang plays that were called outs last year. There's going to be more. I'm, I, I know that we have low totals here on opening day, but all of these rules are put in place to increase the offense.
2: And they're ticking up more, more than, you know, two thirds of these totals have gone up, you know, half a run or a quarter run.
0: Cause people are betting them. They're getting smart. Uh, because the, all these rules now, and now that we're getting closer to opening day, the public money's starting to come in, sure. uh, and this is what's happening. People, and Plus, the public loves overs. No public doesn't want to bet the under. People, people don't want to go to Yankee Stadium and see a 2-1 ball game. No, they want to see, like, three home runs between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and Anthony Rizzo. They, they, they don't want to watch a, a pitcher's duel. So uh, all these rules are, are going to lead to runs, and I think there's ways that you can take advantage of the new rules and apply them to certain players and certain teams. Guys that, you know, teams that have a ton of lefties that normally would be hitting into the shift and getting out, maybe those guys get a couple of more hits. Now you look at teams that have uh, maybe left-handed starting pitching to neutralize a lefty. That's how you neutralize the the guys hitting into what would not be the shift. Maybe teams are more inclined to throw a lefty as opposed to a righty, and maybe lefties become more valuable. So there's multiple ways to take advantage of it. I also think, much like last year was an interesting spring training where we had an abbreviated spring training because of the labor dispute, this year we had the World Baseball Classic. And you had several players, most notably from the United States and, yes, Japan, and I would say even you know the teams that made it to the, to the semifinals in Mexico and Venezuela, guys that were ramping up their baseball activity and being uh, putting their bodies into high-leverage moments. Those players, I think, are more ready to start the Major League season than a player that's just been going through you know, split squad games down in Florida or Arizona. It's just not, you're, you You just don't have the same readiness if you didn't ramp up that intensity. And it's going to take some players that were not involved in this tournament to get going over the first couple of weeks of the season. But I think, you know, a team like the Phillies, you have three guys in Kyle Schwarber, JT Real Muto, and Trey Turner that were playing at a high level. For Team USA, throughout the World Baseball Classic, and especially a guy like Trey Turner, who was scorching hot in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and in the final. And then his first game back in returning to the Phillies, spring training, he homers. So it's like this guy is so ready to start the season. I know they're going up against Jacob DeGrom, and we'll get to these pitching matchups here and these games coming up in just a moment. But I I like a team like the Phillies to start out with their offense hot because of those three guys. So that's where I'm kind of looking to take advantage of some of these teams and some of these players as we start the Major League Baseball season. So let's take a look at what we have for opening day here today. Great pitching matchups across the board because we got aces on the mound. The Phillies and Rangers will feature Aaron Nola and Jacob deGrom. Now this is a game I've had circled for a while because I'm very curious to see what we're going to get out of Jacob deGrom. AJ, Texas went out and spent a lot of money on a guy that just doesn't seem to be able to get through a season. When he does, he's the best pitcher on the planet. But we haven't seen it in a, in quite some time. The back-to-back Cy Young award award years were a few years a, a few years away now from that. Yeah. So, I don't know how this investment's going to pay off for Texas. There's a lot of hype around this team because they went out and spent the money. I'll tell you what, Philly's uh, scouting department has certainly spent a lot of time over the years working on Jacob DeGrom, going through his tendencies, going through his pitches, his spin rate. Kind of think those Phillies hitters might have the book on Jacob DeGrom. Texas is a favorite in this game. Total is low at 6.5. But I do think that DeGrom will not go longer than four innings in his first start. He only threw, I believe it's uh, how many innings this spring? He only threw, like, uh, let's see, DeGrom in the spring. He had two starts and didn't 6.6 and two-thirds innings.
2: It's a long season. They got to keep him healthy. Yes. What do, what do you make of Trey Turner over a half-hit minus 200?
0: Uh, that's a great bet.
2: I feel like he's going to go one for four at the worst, you that's know? That's a great that's bet. It sounds like. That
0: is a great bet. Trey Turner has, of the Phillies, has had the most at-bats against Jacob DeGrom. 46 career at-bats. Against Jacob Degrom,
2: that's a stat.
0: So I think absolutely that is minus two hundred. I, I would have you would, if you would have told me Trey Turner over a half a hit, I would have said easily minus two fifty. If you would have told me the line is over one and a half, I said that's probably that probably makes more sense. Right. In fact, I would bet Trey Turner over one and a half bases is a bet that I would make for this game. And I like the Phillies team total. I Think the Phillies score runs. Their team total is so low. It's two and a half. Because this game is so such low scoring, but that's that's taking into consideration Jacob Degrom, who, like I said, is only going to pitch four innings maybe in this game.
1: I actually dug into this game after you said something about it uh, yesterday. Uh, I think it was off air, and I know like the durability of Degrom is always concerning. I went and looked up his first start of the year. Like, right. you know, what's it what's it like the first time he goes out there? You go back to twenty fourteen. So nine, nine years mm-hmm. of first starts, and he has thrown 52 innings and given up six earned runs, an ERA of 1.04 in his first start of the year
0: for his career, never that's, given up more than two runs. I think that's, that's why you're but, seeing but, people say, yeah, That's great. Now, now tell me the numbers after 2018. So start with 2019. Uh, and
1: why is that designation?
0: Because the 20 2017 the, he had the back-to-back uh, 2019, Cy 2019 6 innings, zero earned runs, 10 strikeouts. Or was 2018 2019 the back-to-back Cy Young award wins? That's what I want to know. You have to look at look at Jacob deGrom 20, after the Cy Young season.
1: 2020, yes. 5 innings, one hit, eight strikeouts, mm-hmm. no runs. Uh, and like this is it's almost every year sounds like this. 2021, 6 innings, three hits no earned runs, seven strikeouts. Like, his, he is a master of opening day. Like, that's what this guy does the best. Were they all on opening day? No, no. So, his last coach, year he was hurt for uh, leading, he yeah. didn't pitch till August, but even then, five innings, and he only did throw five innings, three hits, six strikeouts, he, one
0: earned. No, run. he's practicing he, for four. Months. Yeah, he has, <laughs> he has a career 2.41 ERA in the months of March and April. Good. So in the first month of the season, a career 2.41 ERA. Is
2: he the best pitcher of his era? Does he have the best stuff? I know no, he had like, a better career, but what do you
0: think? There's not many guys that have won back-to-back Cy Young awards, and you could honestly have made the argument that
1: Justin Verlander.
0: Like I'm his... saying, there's not many guys. <laughs> yeah, all right, I don't know. I, 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 you, I, we can name all. We can name them if you want. Yes, Verlander would be one of them. I but think but Max th- Scherzer's in that conversation. Degrom could have won three straight. Uh, you know, he was that good. I think he had one of the best, I, I want to say four year runs of any of any pitcher uh that we've seen. But here's the thing in a five year stretch from 2018 to let's say 18, 19, 20, 21, and last year 22, he was the best pitcher arguably on the planet. And he, the Mets wins record in those games It's <laughs> only like four games above 500. Yeah, it's crazy. There was a time, there was a hundred starts, I believe it was, from 2018 to 2020 through 2020, where the Mets actually had a losing record in Jacob DeGrom starts. Think about that. Here's a guy who got, no wonder he left town and decided to go to Texas. He got zero run support. But, I mean, that's why we don't count wins anymore. For pitchers, yeah. wins don't matter. For pitchers, you know, Felix Hernandez won the Cy Young with a losing record. No wins yes. don't matter anymore for pitchers. Uh, I mean, even Jacob Degrom's back-to-back Cy Young award-winning years, he was ten and nine and eleven and eight. Are there any theories why the
2: Mets couldn't hit for Jacob Degrom year after year after year?
0: There's the theory is is that when your ace is on the mound, it's a relaxed huh. day for your offense. You don't feel the pressure to do much uh, at the plate because. You know that it's only going to take one or two runs to win this game. It's not like you it's a different mentality when you go into a game. Like I'll give you an example. I play slow pitch softball competitively, okay? I go into <laughs> I go into every game saying if we don't score double digit runs, we will not win this game. And if I and, and if my team only scores 6 runs in a game, if we win, we get
2: lucky. Are you the captain? I am not. Okay, so I, you are the most important player. He's though. got a bad attitude.
1: That's what he <laughs> seems like it. You know, he's like
2: yeah, Deion Sanders. You know, yeah, he's the best yeah. player, but he's not. They can you know. They, can't, it, they Const-
1: can't constantly leaving to go play flag football. They can't put, <laughs> so, a, they can't put a C on his chest. They so, can't.
0: But it's like if you go into a start, let's say it's a a bullpen day, or you got your fifth starter going up. Your manager manager might not say it, but the players in the clubhouse might be thinking, guys, we, we got to put up like five runs today if we want to win this game. We got to put up like five. Because our pitcher's got a 3-7 ERA. You know he's going to give up like four runs. We got to put up five to win this game. When Jacob DeGrom starts, the Mets are thinking, hey, all it takes is a walk, <laughs> move the move the guy over with a base hit to right field, go first to third, sack fly, boom, one run. We'll win this game. That's they'll play small ball. And then you'll see it too. You, you know, the, defensively they'll play different. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll guard. They'll put the they'll guard the infield in, and it's like, why can't you just sacrifice the run and just be tied one-one? You know, you're going to score again, but no, they no. don't no, They don't think so. So yeah, the lack of run support was certainly key for the Mets and, and Degrom. But this is a matchup. It's one of the better matchups on the schedule here today. But I'm all over the Phillies. It doesn't scare you off the uh, the first first game of the season for Degrom every no, year seems to be his money. Because, I mean, last
2: year, five innings, no runs, lost
0: 5-1. There you go. The yeah. team lost 5-1. Well, think, different team. And, yeah, and, and, they're a totally and, different team. And the Rangers have a bottom half of the league bullpen. Uh, the Phillies have an elite bullpen. The Phillies lineup, probably, they're probably comparable lineups, if we're being honest. Um, I mean, more star power on the Phillies, for sure. And without Reese Hoskins, it's a blow. Uh, but Aaron Nola's being underrated in this What game. are we
1: looking at for a first five under? It would be
0: three. That's appealing to me. Like I said, he hasn't had well, a – Well, DeGrom's first five unders were a profitable bet for a long time.
1: I mean, the fact that he's never had a start on the first game of the season where he gave up more than one earned run.
2: We're looking at three unders even over his minus 120.
0: Yeah. So there was a time last – That's a pretty low number though, huh? Three. So there was a time last year DeGrom started the season 7-0 and to the first five unders. Um – I'm just looking at all my history of my tweets when I used to tweet about Jacob deGrom unders. <laughs> there was a run in twenty eighteen. Scott to hates not a bet anymore. From twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, there was a run. DeGrom first five unders went twenty one and three. Do you oh feel God. like
2: you hate him because he's not a bet anymore and he chose that?
0: No, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, but you're, I, like, I, you're I, a Giants I, fan and a Jets. I fan. hate him. I I hate him because I'm I'm a Jets fan that I respect the Giants. Okay. <laughs> I, and, and I'm a New Yorker. I'll root for that above anything else. I got you. You should know that you're from. But Texas. But not the Mets. You're from Texas. Don't mess with Texas. So that's why you're upset with this pick. It's because I'm messing with Texas. No, I don't care. You
1: know?
0: Yeah, right? The biases are clashing.
1: My emotional attachment to baseball teams is zero. I've I've got
0: none. But that's the thing. Like, the reason why DeGrom F5-unders were always so profitable is because he wasn't going to give up any runs, and the Mets weren't going to score any runs. So (laughs) that's why DeGrom first five-unders were the move here. Uh, But I'm a big Aaron Nola fan. I think he's being underrated in this matchup. I I get, like, DeGrom – this might be one of the lowest lines that you're going to see on him this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Phillies lineup and Aaron Nola on the mound. So, uh, And and we've seen money come in on on the Phillies as well. So uh, I think this is going to be one of the more intriguing matchups on opening day. I also, you got to take advantage of guys that have struggled in the spring. Uh, Logan Webb is a guy for the Giants that has not had a good spring training. He goes up against the Yankees. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees. Logan Webb has never pitched against the Yankees in his career. He's never pitched in Yankee Stadium. It
2: seems weird to have an interleague game, game 1, is that common for the Yankees?
0: Well, it's the new schedule now. Right. There's more interleague games. You're going to play you're going to play a bunch of them now. Remember, division games, you have 24 less division games this year. You have more interleague games. So, I actually like the Yankees to put a hurting on Logan Webb and the Giants. Uh, I also, you know, I tweeted about this earlier yesterday. You got to be aware of the weather where you got guys that are coming from Florida and Arizona pitching in spring training to now pitching in 40-degree weather? At Yankee Stadium for this game today, it'll be 42 degrees at first pitch. 12.5 mile-per-hour winds blowing out to the short porch in right field.
2: You think that affects the pitchers more than the batters?
0: I think the, the cold will affect the pitchers. I think the wind going out the right field is certainly going to help Aaron oh, Judge. Sure because <laughs> he likes that that opposite field swing, and John Carlos Stanton likes that opposite field swing, and Anthony Rizzo's going to pull one over the wall. So look for the Yankees to win this game. Does
1: it worry you uh, – I mean, Garrett Cole's, like, near the top of the league. So last year, allowed, right? last
0: year was a terrible year, but last year might have been an, an anomaly for Garrett Cole. He oh, didn't cheat last year. That's the thing. No sticky <laughs> substance. So. Oh, is that allowed back? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no. You got to do one, Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but there's no shift anymore, so maybe guys just try to hit ground balls instead of <laughs> yeah. swinging for the fences. Braves take on the Nationals. Atlanta minus 260. Max Fried against Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin, one of the great fades of last season. The Nationals, one of the great fades of last season. They're so last bad. year, the Nationals had a pitcher by the name of Johan Adon. Did they? I, I made... I, I cannot tell you. He's like the Elvis Merzlikens of <laughs> yeah, baseball. Right, exactly. He was. Yeah. I, can, I remember you talking I about him last year. I cannot tell you the amount of money that I made betting against Johan Adon last year. Literally, he lost every single game that he pitched.
1: Ooh, that's not good.
0: It's like the Nationals were at one 0 and twelve in his starts. Like, and then it and then it even got worse. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was, it, was, it was free money. Well, Patrick Corbin was on that level as well. Patrick Corbin uh, had a personal record of 6-19 and 19 last year. 6-19. And and, and and he's their best pitcher. time someone lost 19 games. Yeah. Think, and think about this. In games that he did not record a decision in, the Nationals lost all Five of them. <laughs> You've lost
2: twenty-four games.
0: So the Nationals were six and twenty-four in his starts. Mm. I, I I I mean, pfft.
2: tomorrow they're going to try to make it. I, seven honestly, though,
1: that's six and twenty-four is. Let me do some quick math. That's
0: twenty percent. It's not far off what their
1: whole team did for the season. (laughs) I mean, you're you're
2: (laughs) delaying 500 or 400. (laughs)
0: Atlanta's minus 260 with Max Fried. Atlanta should be one of the best teams in baseball this season. Orioles take on the Red Sox. Uh, These two teams are going to battle this year to avoid being the last place team in the American League East. And I actually think both teams are going to be improved. Uh, Baltimore took some strides last year. You know, it's so funny. I missed such an opportunity. Last year, I went on the radio and I said, before the season started, I said, I kind of want to pick a bad team and just bet $100 on them every game do the for the season. And I said, the reason being is because the average money line against them is going to be, you know, like I'm saying, the average money line you'll get on them is at least plus 150. Yeah. Maybe plus 200. And all they got to do is win more than 62 games, and you can turn a profit. If they win 70 games, you make more money. If they somehow have a great season and win 80 or 83 or whatever, you're going to have a monster year. And I said, what team would I pick last year to do this? And I said, hmm, how about the Baltimore Orioles, who had a win total last year projected in the low 60s and exceeded it by 20 games, winning 83 games last year. Red Sox won 78 games last year. Uh, Baltimore's improved. Their young players got some experience last year. They still have more rookies this year. I think the Red Sox get a little bit better. And, and I was reading I, I'm that, very curious to see how both of these teams shape up this year. I was
1: reading that the Orioles, like, people are kind of down on them because they didn't spend any money in the offseason. Like, they made this big step, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we get now. You got this good young core. Let's mm-hmm. add something to it, and they did nothing.
0: Well, they what they're, what they're hoping for is that it's the young players that really wind up carrying them, you know, the Gunnar Henderson, who's a rookie of the year candidate, Adley Rutschman, who had a monster rookie year last year. You know, they're hoping that they're led by their rookies. And then some guys, that already performed well for them, like the Anthony Santander's of the world, take the next step forward in in their progress to becoming, you know, big-time star players. Uh, Weather, by the way, for that game at Fenway Park is going to be about 37 degrees at first pitch and a feels-like temperature of 28 degrees. There will be 15 mile-an-hour winds blowing out to right field. 28 feels like temperature. Yes, that, my friends, is baseball weather. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> uh, the Brewers take on the Cubs. Corbin Burns against Marcus Stroman. Milwaukee is minus 145. Milwaukee's just you know every year they're expected to to you know win and and, and win their division, take a deep postseason run. It hasn't worked out for them. Corbin Burns has been one of the best pitchers on the planet. For the past couple of years, you want to talk about Jacob DeGrom, let's talk about Corbin Burns, who's been every bit as good. Uh, I don't want any part of this game, if we're being honest. Um, I'm a little concerned about the weather here as well. It's going to be 39 degrees with a feels-like temperature of 32 degrees and 11-mile-an-hour winds blowing out the left field. So I'm a little concerned about the weather affecting both of these pitchers and both of these teams. This might just be an ugly game. Uh, in Chicago Tigers at the Rays Eduardo Rodriguez against Shane McClanahan and AJ you have a play on this game
1: I do I uh, play th- thanks to you I've made sure I cleared it with you and Fez before I made a play on this but I like the under seven uh, which uh, listen CLV in baseball is clearly everything, everything. absolutely everything. everything now six and a half I don't like to brag <laughs> but I'm one and know oh in CLV so far this <laughs> bro. year bro you got that CLV man. Yeah. I just saw the Tigers pitcher 13 scoreless innings in the spring. I mean, I I think McClanahan is like probably going to win the Cy Young. That's of the my AL. pick. Uh, so in neither one of these lineups are lineups that I'm really terrified of. So nope. uh just feels like the under was the right play. So uh, I think there's still some juiced sevens out there if you're uh if you're if you're into that. I, I don't like to brag. I got <laughs> I got seven flat. I got seven flat. I'm just you know, but uh, but it's available.
0: All right, here's an over that you can take a look at here, and it's a high one for a good reason. The Twins take on the Royals. Pablo Lopez against Zach Greinke. First off, Zach Greinke has had just a, you know, a, he's had a fun spring training. At one point, he got rocked on purpose because he wanted to practice his pickoff moves, so he purposely. Got runners on base, so he can work on his pickoffs. Then it's then he's been he's been toying around with calling his own pitches, like he was wearing the pitch com on his belt and he was calling the pitches for the catcher. So granky has been working through a bunch of stuff this spring. Minnesota's minus one fifty five total in this game is nine. The weather at Kauffman Stadium for this game today, sixty five degrees. That's not bad, right? Nineteen mile an hour winds blowing out to left field. Yeesh. We might see the ball fly out of the ballpark today. So the
2: Granky eccentricities, you think, uh, is a fade? You, you don't. You not yeah, like Granky? Yeah. I don't want any.
0: I don't want any part of this. I don't want any part of Granky ever. So um, over maybe. i was the over. The yeah. over. Look, there's 19 mile an hour winds going out to left <laughs> field. That's why this totals nine. Pablo Lopez, how's he? Pablo Lopez was was really good for the Marlins, like really good. Um, and now he comes over to the American League, pitching for the Twins. I don't know what his adjustment's going to be. I
1: think that's kind of the thing we can say. Like, without, with the exception of the Nationals, whoever's pitching, like, today you can assume, yeah, they're pretty good. Like, this is everybody's best guy, you
0: know? Uh, Maybe just the Twins. This is the the best pitching matchup of the day, probably. And there's a lot of them, but this is a really good one. Max Scherzer, Sandy Alcantara. That is good. Mets-Marlins. The Mets are a minus-125 favorite. Total is six and a half. Scherzer, of course, one of the greatest pitchers that we have right now. Alcantara, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. Last year, Sandy Day was one of my favorite days of the year because I would bet on the Marlins in every first five innings because <laughs> there were times, like they will be today, they're underdogs. So I get, if, if it wasn't the Mets, first off, they wouldn't be underdogs. But if it wasn't the Mets, and I wasn't worried about, you know, Pete Alonzo driving one out of the ballpark, or I wasn't worried about Max Scherzer throwing five shutout innings, I would consider a Marlins' first five-inning ticket taking plus a half a run. Because I think Sandy Alcantara goes out there and probably shuts down anybody he faces. He's that good. This is going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be at the same time as, like, the Phillies Rangers that I got money on, so... I'm going to have to have the dual (laughs) screen going on with Scherzer and Alcantara. Uh, Pirates at the Reds. Cincinnati minus 140. Total is 8.5. Hunter Green goes for Cincinnati. 8.5. And and, uh, Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. Great American ballpark last year was the best over ballpark in Major League Baseball. The Reds at home were the best over team in Major League Baseball. Uh, So you look at, you know, the, the the way that um, the ball flies out there, I don't know. It's just something about the ballpark dimensions. But the Reds last year were one of the best over teams in Major League Baseball, uh, and I don't I don't think that that changes this year. I really don't. So that's going to be very curious to see uh, how what what I mean the weather there doesn't look. Let me look at the weather. For the Reds, ooh, I don't see – here we go. Uh, Five-mile-per-hour winds blowing in, 59 degrees, warming up to 60. So weather's not going to be a factor there. But, ooh, is there rain in the forecast possibility? No, precipitation, 0%. So I think we should be okay. Maybe rain a different part of the day, but not at the time of first pitch at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Hunter Green's a guy – a high-variance guy. High strikeouts, but also could get rocked. Uh, I might take an over-K prop on Hunter Green. How about that? Over-strikeouts, Hunter Green in this game.
2: By the way, I looked the Reds last year, maybe curious, also top five last five years in uh, Park Factors from baseball.
0: Yep, absolutely. So let's take a look now at the next game on the schedule, the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. Another good pitching matchup. Alec Manoa, I like that kid. He's so good. Against Miles Michaelis, Toronto. He's a gigantic person. Yeah, he's a big dude. Uh, Toronto's minus 120, total is seven and a half. Cardinals got a good team as always. Um, I would favor Manoa. uh, I mean, he is favored, but I like Manoa over Michaelis here. And I'm curious to see what Toronto does. You know, they had all the hype going into last year and not so much this year. Like we have last year, all you heard about was how good the Blue Jays were, right? Yeah. And the Blue Jays were the team to pick. The Blue Jays were the team everyone's picking to win the World Series. Everyone's going over ninety one and a half wins for the Toronto Blue Jays. You don't you didn't hear it really this off season. Yeah, same guys, right? You, yeah, you didn't really hear it this off season. So I wonder maybe if that's a good thing that they didn't hear. You know, you didn't hear the uh, the all the talk. I mean, they actually got better than they were last year. Because now you have Whit Merrifield for an entire season. You have Dalton Varsho, who they got from the uh, Diamondbacks. Did, did George Springer now gets another year.
1: I think it's as simple
0: as this is a team that everybody bought into last year. And they, and disappointed. they disappointed. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe, you know, maybe that is what it is. But they still a really, really good team. So, I like Toronto here against the Cardinals. White Sox take on the Astros. This is, again, incredible pitching matchup. Fram Valdez and Dylan Cease. Two guys that have a very good chance to win the American League Cy Young Award this year. The White Sox were a team that everyone was high on last year, just like the Blue Jays, and they sucked. (laughs) I mean, they really, really disappointed last year. And I think everyone is now saying, all right, we're done with you. I have heard so much anti-White Sox sentiment this offseason. Everyone's going under the Everyone, Everyone is just selling the White Sox. Aj, are we buying the Astros even without Altuve for the first month or so?
1: I think the Astros are still one of the best offenses in baseball. Still, they lose Justin Verlander. They still have a top five pitching rotation in baseball. Uh, it's a terrifying team. Like I'm, I, I, there's, I don't think there's a night where you feel comfortable betting against the Astros. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just difficult because. And like I, I was looking at that Dylan Cease and Framber Valdez, and I was like, oh, what's what's a total here? It's seven. Yeah, it's like. God, the Astros are playing. Like who, it's wants, who wants to who too wants to bet under seven? That's no
0: fun. It's By just the a way,
1: terrifying thought with the Astros.
0: The at bat that I'm looking forward to: Dylan Cease against his former teammate Jose Abreu. Oh yeah, and and I wouldn't be surprised if Abreu takes some yard. Oh, okay. Mm, little how about a little home run prop action on Abreu? The Rockies take on the Padres. Herman Marquez against Blake Snell. San Diego's a big favorite. Minus two twenty. Total is seven and a half here. The Rockies uh are gonna be a bad Bad, bad team this year.
1: Especially on the road, huh?
0: Well, oh, they're always bad on the road, but they're going to be a bad team this year. <laughs> Padres, they're going to be a good team this year. Uh, weather's going to be you know, not quite San Diego weather. 55 degrees, 10.5 mile an hour winds blowing out the right field. But uh, there's only one way to look in this game, and that's the San Diego Padres at home. Not to mention there's so much hype surrounding this team. The one thing that you have a little bit of hesitation with is um, – Marquez had a really good spring, so I don't know if I would you know I always like fading guys that had bad springs. Marquez had a real and Marquez you know herman Marquez, let's look at the spring training stats because this year in spring, four games pitched, three starts, seventeen innings, a point five three e r a that's that, pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. that's pretty good. So in seventeen innings. He only allowed one run this spring, and that was games against Seattle, the Cubs, the Royals, and the Brewers. This is a guy who's coming into the season scorching hot. I don't I don't want it. I just don't like it. I don't like it. You did uh, say the
1: Padres got to win one for the Gipper
0: tonight. They do. Their third base coach, uh, Matt Williams, has been diagnosed with colon cancer, and... He is going to be away from the team. He's going to have surgery, but he is going to be there today to take part in um, opening day festivities. So uh, we wish him all the best, and maybe the Padres win one for him and get emotional. Uh, The Angels are at the A's, and this is like – I feel so bad for the city of Oakland because (laughs) the Oakland A's – all right, all right, let's do this. Do you remember the scene in Major League when – in the first Major League, okay, where they go around after they pick the team after spring training, and there's the construction workers, and then there's the guys at the diner, and everyone's reading the newspaper. Remember newspapers, guys? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're reading the newspaper to see, like, who's on the team, and it's like – I never heard of these guys. He's like, Rick Vaughn? Willie Hayes? Who the hell are these guys? (laughs) Here is your depth chart for the Oakland A's. Oh, boy. Danny Jimenez, Shea Langoliers, Jesus Aguilar, Tony Kemp, Jace Peterson, not Jock Peterson, Jace Peterson, Connor Capel, Estory Ruiz, Seth Brown, Ramon Laureano. They have guys on their bench like Brent Rocker and Nick Allen. Not to mention Manny Pina. Pitching staff with Paul Blackburn out. They're going with Kyle Muller as their starter today. I actually they have- know
1: Kyle Muller. He was a, a – he pitched high school ball in Texas. Okay. It was like famous because he, oh, like, wow. he was like – I mean, he was – I think he was the best pitcher in the country one year. And he was supposed to go to Texas and then he got drafted. But he struck out like twenty something kids in a row in a high school game. Wow! So he like he he's, I've I've actually heard that name before. Last
2: year in the MLB, eight point
1: oh
0: three. Ooh, not good. The he R. should
1: just keep striking everybody out. Yeah, he return to those days. <laughs> yeah, last
0: year he pitched twelve innings. And um, he gave up. Uh, he had an eight point zero three ERA. And in spring training, I mean, he threw eighteen innings and he only gave up eighteen <laughs> runs. So consistency.
2: <laughs> consistency. And he's their ace day one. Get him out there.
0: I mean, it, let me repeat. If that. you're the A's manager, don't you say, "Hey, this kid struck out twenty four <laughs> kids in a row in high school. Get let, him out let, there." Let, let me repeat that for those who aren't listening in the back. <laughs> he had an eight point zero three ERA in twelve and a third innings pitched in the majors last year. And in this spring, this spring training, (laughs) like the past three weeks and four weeks, whatever, he allowed 18 runs in 18 innings pitched.
2: I think that's a nine ERA, if my my math is right.
0: That's pretty close. It's got to be close. If the Angels
1: don't win this game, was he not playing for Team
0: USA? If the Angels don't win this game, they should trade Otani and Trout.
1: I agree that they should, they should do that anyway, <laughs> they honestly. They should do that anyway.
0: They should dissolve the franchise. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, oh my goodness. What an embarrassment, the city of Oakland. Anyway. Um, Bring him to Vegas. They, listen, I remember. I, the only reason I recognize some of these guys' names is because I went to a couple of Aviators games <laughs> last year. So I, I saw Shane Langoliers play. So anyway, they have a minor league lineup playing in Oakland in a terrible cesspool of a ballpark. Literally, like like raw sewage comes up from the floor, cesspool. Uh, just get the team to Vegas already. The Diamondbacks take on the Dodgers. My pick to win National League Cy Young Award, Zach Gallon. Is on the hill for the Diamondbacks. I thought you were going to say Julio Urias. on no. my fantasy team. Do, real- do you realize that Zach Gallen last year? Like, why does no one talk about this guy? Because Zach- he plays on a team that sucks. That's why. Zach Gallen went twelve and four with a 254 ERA last year, and in his last fifteen starts, carried a one point five ERA. He pitched two times against the Dodgers last year. He went seven innings in both games. That's fourteen innings. You know what he did in those fourteen innings against the Dodgers last year? I'm guessing not. Gave up fourteen runs. Gave <laughs> up one run and struck out eighteen. Oh, that's good. In 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 last year in the start of the season, since you want to bring up the Degrom starts well, in his first starts he does well. <laughs> it, Zach Gowan in April and March of last year. Or some would say March I'm, and I'm, April. I'm trying to like help Scott out. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like remember
2: really you swinging your arms like, you
0: like that. Like, I'm the lollipop guild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said April, March. Some people would say March, April, because like it goes, he goes February, March, April, March, yeah, then right April, right? Gowan right? allowed just one run across three starts, 15 total innings pitched. This is an improved Diamondback team. I think the Diamondbacks are live dogs. I think Diamondbacks, I, I, I like them. I do like the Diamondbacks. This is this one. in L.A. or at Mullet Arena? This <laughs> Good pull. This is in L.A. Uh, I do like the Diamondbacks, maybe plus uh, half a run in the first five innings. Just go with Zach Allen. Don't even worry about the Diamondbacks' bullpen. That would be the play that I would look here. And then the final game of the night, Guardians at the Mariners. I didn't say the other word. Thank you. Thank you for not being racist. We talked Thank about that. Know. We said that on the uh, on on the baseball podcast with Griffin. He was like, he's like, I'm actually proud of myself for saying Guardians now. He's like, it, it took a while last. It's just year. such a stupid name. It's such a
1: stupid. Like, had name. they given him a it's good so name, I'd feel stupid. I'd feel better about not calling them that. But like, like if they were
0: like the Warriors, is anything but that. Can You even say Warriors now? I think you can, because Warriors is, could be of any. Uh, I guess, background. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, red. Skin. No, you can't say that. You can
1: commanders. Say that. I think chief. No, nah. commanders <laughs> is better than guardians. Believe it or not. I don't think
2: chiefs or, or Braves will last a hundred years. I think they're gonna they're gonna change those. You think so? Well, I'm I'm less ab- ab- appalled about it than others, but yeah, I think so. I, think I mean, the listen, if brain. they,
0: it, I can understand changing riding Irish. Listen, listen, I like. I can, I'm Irish. I can understand. I, I can understand Redskins. Because Redskins just makes no sense. Like I get Red- You understand
2: removing it like, from the— like, Yeah, I, yeah, yeah that's, that's what he means. I'm
0: saying Redskins just yeah. makes no— Like, that is just— I mean, if you want to— Because no one has ever even said that word no. to another person. Yeah, right, that is right. like— That's such a, racist, that's such a yes. racist name to, like, a Native American person. Like, Redskins is a— That's a terrible name, okay? I agree with getting rid of Redskins. I don't agree with Commanders. You notice how he keeps using the slur
1: over and over, and it's like, I agree getting rid of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, freedom of I mean, speech, bro. Yeah, you're, you're in, just, in context, you're in describing
1: context. the term. Yes. I don't, I don't yes. personally mind. That. Oh, so, <laughs> so it was a joke. I'm not offended. Am I a crybaby? I get removed. Liberal over I
2: get removed. I get removing, Woke, I get
1: removing woke that. us up.
0: I don't get. I don't. I Indians. I have no. There should be. You should not have removed Indians. Uh, listen,
1: I, I'm not. And, and, uh, okay, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just don't want guardians.
0: <laughs> can, can we just? I don't want guardians. I mean, Indians were. Yeah, Columbus thought he was in India. Yeah. So he named them Indians.
2: But he doesn't get to name them. That's the point. They, they're yeah. people that call themselves certain things. So, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. It's kind of
0: like, a, a, what, 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 like Eskimos, but they're Inuit. Yeah, right. Uh, Inuit.
2: I'm a what? Yeah. yeah it's, it's offensive.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, when you put it that way, it does make sense. When you, but, put, when you put it to me sensibly, it makes <laughs> sense. You know, my college was the Indians, and then they changed to the Redhawks. Oh. Yeah. What year was that? One of those. Did they changed. Do you remember? 90s. It was, <laughs> it was it was it was around the time colleges where were ahead of the it game. was around the time when the colleges started it, and yeah. then Florida State like kept their name. Like every every school changed. Syracuse changed, right? Uh, Saint John's famously the Red Men. I mean, that was <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and they had the little logo with the guy. It's, oh, but the Red Men became the Red Storm. The Orange Men became the Orange, right? And oh, uh, really? I never knew. And, and there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of you know a lot of Native American schools changed but Florida State got to keep theirs because the Seminole Nation they, like they signed off on they it. They were like, like we, they we were dig like, this. They were like how much yeah. money you give us? Yeah, yeah were, we're cool big. with that.
1: Yeah, my uh I one of the colleges I went to was Austin P State University in Tennessee. They uh are now the governors. When I went there they were called the Austin P State University Owners. Uh so it's much like the NBA they switched to the governors um in recent years. <laughs> mm.
2: Right. I forgot about that. So it's odd. <laughs>
1: So, all right. So there
2: Business we go. Governors.
1: So that, that joke fell really flat. Now that I think about it, they were really never called the owners. That was just a, it was a long way to a bad joke.
2: Oh, okay. Now I get it. Now we A <laughs> <fine. laughs>
1: little, little bit, a little bit. I mean, like Syracuse. I had one of you left. It would have been all right. That's good. Neither one of you got. It. I was like, all right.
0: Syracuse used to be the orange men and orange women. I mean, that's just... That's not yeah. great. Well, they should have uh, just
1: gotten rid of orange altogether. Yeah, it's just true. Yeah, it's I fruit. just thought they liked oranges it's up there. <laughs> it's a
0: fruit. And it's like, it's, it's upstate New York. It's yeah, right. make, You don't travel oranges. It, it would make sense if you were like the Fort Lauderdale orange. You know, like something yeah. like, like the Sunrise Florida orange. Like, that makes sense. Like Tropicana, like the oranges. Anyway, Guardians and Mariners. We didn't even talk about that game. Shane Bieber, <laughs> Luis Castillo. Seattle's minus 120. Uh, I, ever since Luis Castillo went to Seattle, the guy was dominant for them. I really like Seattle at home, but Shane Bieber is elite, and this Guardians lineup should actually benefit by the uh the lack of the shift. You know, a guy like Josh Naylor might benefit. Jose Ramirez is one of the best hitters in all of baseball. Josh Bell's good ad for them, and they have the best closure in the game now that um now that Edwin Diaz is on the shelf. Emmanuel Classe is the best closure in Major League Baseball. So I do like the Guardians here in this one. And that is your opening day national holiday. Don't bother me. Don't text me. Don't call me.
2: So what's the best bet other than going to pregame.com and checking out Scott Seidenberg?
0: I do have a massive five-play card up on pregame.com. Of course, you can get that or you could just get the entire season-long subscription and then you just get every pick from me for the entire season baseball season. I'm talking about like 200 picks worth. For two bucks a day. Of, of, And if you do price per pick, I give out over 200 picks right. in Major League Baseball. I mean, think about that, right? Like, uh, I'm just looking at last year's 103, so one, 149.99, that's 250. It's the, over 250 picks last year. Last year's 60%. Take it. Yeah. I'll take that. 59.8. Sorry, I'll be exact. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's rock and roll here. I love baseball so much. You guys are going to love baseball, too, and we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. And, yes, if you want more Major League Baseball conversation, we'll do a little uh, wider-ranging topics on the baseball podcast on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview Feed with myself and Griffin Warner. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. H-E-L-P slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why, ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality,
1: The long-awaited return of one Kevin Durant came through last night and the Suns were rewarded for their patience. 107-100 victory over the Timberwolves. Uh, really, it was. I would say it was a, a Devin Booker game more than a Kevin Durant game.
0: But was it a Devin Booker game because of a Kevin Durant? Uh, that's Doesn't a it's a good possibility.
1: What did you see last night out of KD? Mackenzie Rivers, our our NBA expert.
2: This stat blew my mind. Kevin Durant started out 0 for 6, and I knew he was going to hit his seventh shot. It was like a fadeaway in the corner. It was like perfect, and it was. I was confident he was going to make it because Kevin Durant has been doing it for 15 years. It was the third time in his career he started over six. That's insane. Steph Curry goes over for six like once a month. It's not uncommon <laughs> at all. Jordan goes over for six a lot. The most consistent scorer, and as we've seen, the most portable scorer, Devin Booker with Kevin Durant is averaging like 33 points, like six points more than his season average, and uh, it, it works. Even though he was ice cold, uh, started out like two for 13. There was no worry, anyone on the court, that he was going to pick it up, get the buckets when they need it. Their defense was strong. He's probably their best defender right now. Uh, So I still think the Suns should be the favorite in the West. Even on a a cold Kevin Durant night, they looked good.
0: It's important that they get the four seed, though, because they want the home court advantage in that first series should they match up with the Clippers or maybe even the Golden State Warriors. Yeah,
2: and they have a huge home court, the Phoenix Suns do. They've waited 50 years for a top 10 player to enter those buildings wearing a Suns uniform. They got to see that last night. Uh, Yeah, home court in the playoffs will be big for them.
1: Also last night, the Sacramento Kings, they had, um, we could call it a slump. That that, that might not be giving it due credit. Uh, Either way, a 16-year drought, the longest of any professional sports association in North America, comes to an end last night. The Kings will be in the playoffs. They edge out. The Portland Trail Blazers 120 to 80.
2: The same year that the Mariners ended the longest playoff drought crazy. Uh, I think the story is about the Blazers. The Kings were going to get this win. They were going to get a couple wins. They were they were fine to make the playoffs. They're kind of locked into the three seed. The Blazers can't be this bad every year. Last year, they were 20-point underdogs to the Jazz, and they lost by, like, 50 in the first half. This year, I was, I was staring at this game, and the Blazers have a terrible record when their underdogs are this big, and I'm like, how could it be this easy? How could the NBA be this obvious? And it is. It's an embarrassment. They lost by 40 points. Again, uh, it's one of the worst assembled rosters I've ever seen on a basketball court. <laughs> Again, and it was the same It was the same thing last year where they were setting records for futility. Um, so uh, I don't like this side of the NBA, this end-of-the-year NBA, where sometimes the Blazers are going to be okay, and sometimes they're going to be like a high school team, and I thought it was embarrassment. Uh, and, you know, good for the Kings. They're good. They're not as good as some people say. They're probably going to lose in the first round, but... Good for the Kings. Well, they finally made it here.
1: Why are why are they having so much success if they're not good? What's What holds them back come playoff time in your mind?
2: Uh, kind of like the way the Nuggets and the Jazz every few years have this huge home court, have momentum, have a really good regular season vibe. And they're very – I mean, they're much improved than last year. The Sabonis trade was a huge win for them. Some people say both teams that won that trade. No, no, no. Sabonis is good enough where you can now say the Kings won that trade with the Pacers. Uh, They cleared the way for De'Aaron Fox by getting Halliburton out there. And Fox has been what he's been. I think he's been in his career at times as good as a guy like John Morant, you know, maybe less consistent. uh, But from a creating, creating point of view, you know, a top 10 point guard in the league, uh, it makes it, you know, we got a top 10 big, top 10 point guard, end up being a top 10 team.
0: Joel Embiid played last night, McKenzie, 25 points, nine boards in the Sixers, 116-108 win over the Mavericks. Seeing him back on the floor, seeing him contribute to a Sixers win, does this give a little tweak to the MVP race now?
2: I, think, I don't think it was an impressive night. I mean, it was a big win, big comeback win, but his over-under was 35 and a half. Wow. Oof. It was, it was, man, I wanted to play over and I'm expecting it to be like 30 and a half, but they set it that high and the Mavericks had to come up with a game plan. I mean, they, he torched them last game. They were going to come up with a game plan to double and do different things. Um, so, I mean, it was it was kind of a ho-hum night. It was, it was really just a big win for the Sixers
0: uh, more than anything. Would it be an epic failure for the Mavericks to miss the postseason?
2: Oh, yeah. Epic. Epic. I mean... LeBron missed the first two years, the playoffs, but it made sense. They were the worst team in the league. That's why they had the number one pick. They were going to build up to something. But once he got to the playoffs, he never went back from that. He never took a big step back from Western Conference Finals to not making the playoffs. I, think I mean,
0: Jason Kidd has to lose his job if they don't make the playoffs. It's
2: panic time in Dallas because Luka will want to leave eventually, will want changes. Bill Simmons was talking about maybe Draymond Green and LeBron James comes over. He probably brings his own coach if he does. Uh, so, yeah, Jason Kidd's got to be worried every night. Got to, got to win some games, but I, th- I, I mean, they're in it. They're going to be in the play-in. I think they're going to pass the Thunder. Right now, they're not. They're not, but they're, uh, yeah, exactly. They, this is, uh, uh, you know, clutch they, time for Jason.
0: They're King. on the outside looking in right now, one game back of the Thunder, who won last night against the Pistons, one hundred seven, one hundred six. As you say, let me hit one
1: more thing on this. What, what do you do if you're the Mavericks when it comes to Kyrie Irving? Because obviously, you gave up, you know, you gave up assets to to yeah. get him. But it feels like it's a really hard time to commit yourself long term to a guy when what the the sample run we had prov- proved nothing as far as them being able to su- succeed.
2: I think it's more likely that Kyrie Irving would want to play somewhere else than the Mavericks wouldn't want him. I mean, you trade a big asset like Dorian Finney-Smith and a first round pick. Uh, it's it, it's it's a given that you would you would pay up for that unless he was you know off the uh, register off the. Farm doing something else, but you no. Know, given that he's playing hard, that he's playing well, his stats are good. Uh, they'll want to sign him. Whether or not Luke and Kyrie want to stick together, if this experiment has been uh, that painful for both of them, maybe they don't. But uh, my inclination would be that they would want to stick together.
0: Lakers with a one twenty one one ten win over the Bulls. Anthony Davis thirty eight points and ten boards. LeBron scored twenty five. As the Lakers are now the eighth seed, they are a half game back of Minnesota, who has the seven and they're only a game and a half back of Golden State from the six. The Lakers motivated right now to get out of the play-in tournament and into the official playoffs in that top six seeding. You think that they can get there, McKenzie?
2: Yeah, they have two of the top 15 players in the world, uh, and they're playing well. Since the trade, since getting rid of Westbrook, he's playing well, but the team has played a lot better with D'Angelo Russell in there. Austin Reeves has picked up his game. Anthony Davis in his hometown of Chicago, 38 points. He seems to always kill it there. I think it's really telling that you look at the last time the Bulls played the Lakers. It was the last time they played. Uh, LeBron James had 15 shooting possessions, which is shots plus free throws plus turnovers. to Anthony Davis is 12. That's not the right proportion at this point in their career. I thought maybe James wanted to you know, get his rhythm back, and that's why he's taking more of the ball. This game, 27 shooting possessions for Anthony Davis, 38 points. I think he's got to be their, their focal point in the half court.
0: Tonight, the Celtics take on the Bucs in Milwaukee. The Bucs are three-point favorites. The Bucs have a three-game lead on the Celtics for the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Would a Bucs win tonight seal the deal?
2: Yes. This would be, uh, you know, pop the champagne or at least, you know, prepare to take some off days if you're Giannis and Drew Holiday, who had 51 last night, by the way.
1: Uh, the, stop everything about the Bucs unless you're going to talk about Grayson Allen having the dunk of the year. Like, I, where did this come from?
2: I wonder if they didn't call it Dunk of the Year on the broadcast. If we would be calling it Dunk of the Year now, uh, it was a nice dunk. Got fouled and won. Uh, I think I've seen better dunks.
0: I've yeah. seen a lot better dunks. I'm just I, saying, I,
2: I, I,
1: six foot four dude driving the lane, like gets the contact and like I don't know how he didn't break his hip on the on the landing, but just hops right up, gangster style.
0: I, I was impressed. Was nice
2: moment clinched the game for him, arguably.
0: Uh, I'm not. I've seen so many better dunks. This is nothing. If he didn't, if he wasn't pushed and like went flailing and fl- and flew and fell ten feet away from the basket, no one would be talking about this.
2: That's dunk. the thing. It's like when a quarterback gets rid of it and he's wide open and then he gets hammered. It's like, oh, great play. Like, yeah, brave of you, but not necessarily <laughs> the nicest throw I've ever seen.
0: Like any other player that just throws down that dunk, but then lands normally. It's just a regular dunk. All right. It's a nice dunk. We'll agree nice. to disagree. It's a nice dunk. I think if Giannis yeah, did he it, he drove the lane. He picked, it, picked up the rock ninety-four feet. Let me tell you something. This dunk by Giannis to the me, two-hand dunk, was more impressive. Look at this, Giannis with the spin around and dunks over a defender trying to block him. That is more. Does he jumps from too.
1: like three feet farther back? I don't know how you, of all people, don't get this. That it's one thing when a seven-footer does it. It's another when a guy who's six foot four does it. Just when he's six foot four, white guy does it. I mean, I I've seen better a... six foot four dunks this this I've year. seen better six foot four dunks too, but can we not admit? Yeah, what Mac McClung? How tall is that guy? Yeah, Matt yeah. McClung won the dunk contest. Yeah, Mac McClung, well, listen, Matt
0: McClung's not even allowed to play in games, so we can't count him. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him his props, but uh, you know, Grayson Allen will still be the guy who's tripping people on but the Grayson court.
1: Allen's still a total ass man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Make no mistake. I was just impressed. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, t- you think tonight McKenzie wraps up the deal if the Bucs were to beat the Celtics
2: and we've seen some money coming in on Boston. I feel like this is going to be a good game because the Bucs are on a back to back. Right. So that should be a two point disadvantage. Mm-hmm. If these are even teams, it should be pick them with a two point home court advantage. Maybe you give three to the Bucs. Bucks minus two says the Bucs are significantly better. That's not what I thought or what the market thought even a month ago. So I think uh, Celtics off a loss have a great record the last couple years. I lean Boston, and I I, th- I feel that line keeps keeps dripping down.
0: Six games remaining for both teams. If Milwaukee was to build up a uh, bigger lead here, this thing would be all over. Uh so I agree with you. They win tonight. It's done. Uh and then the other TNT doubleheader game is the Pelicans. Everybody's at off the Nuggets. To, to
1: watch baseball. The course, basketball players day. are like, <laughs> we want the day off to watch baseball. We're not working tonight.
0: Yeah, obviously.
1: Pelicans Yo- at, Giannis, at the Pelicans. I bet at Giannis I bet Giannis doesn't play.
0: Does the uh, <laughs> Jokic um, Watching the Brewers, Jokic—he's got an opportunity here to now increase the odds for the most valuable player.
2: It's—it's it's still razor thin. Plus one ten, you can get Jokic right now. Consensus Embiid plus one twenty five. I feel like if I had to bet, definitely be Jokic right now. I feel like he's got the uh, things are leaning in his favor. Sixers very hard schedule, like we talked about yesterday morning. Nuggets probably win here easily. Probably uh, minus money favor afterwards.
1: Also, congratulations. Uh, pre season win total of the year, thank you, thank you, Cashes with plenty of time left in the season. Uh, Chicago Bulls, your hometown team, you said, No, friend, it's, it's funny
2: because I had a lot of stats that went into that pick, but I feel like at heart Chicago's just too optimistic about their basketball team, just year after year, that is a fact. If they have players that you've heard of, DeMar DeRozan, MVP candidate. I mean, I know there's only one market that's going to affect the betting world, but I feel like that was pretty much the inclination. A big market team that's just going to be overhyped year after year unless they're really good.
1: Well, easy winner for you. Congratulations on that. By the way, from Chicago,
0: so took that took that time. Just three games last night on the ice. I guess they're getting ready for opening day. No, uh,
1: they're Pan- Canadians. They don't care about our game. Well, they don't care,
0: care about the Blue Jays. <laughs> the Panthers. The
2: Expos are good, right?
0: Yeah, they're really good. They did win a World Series. Here you go. As the Nationals. Uh, The Panthers beat the... Better than the Guardians. (laughs) Beat the Maple Leafs 3-2 in overtime. A big win for Florida as they keep their uh, slim hopes alive. And it's not even actually slim anymore because Pittsburgh tanking. So, uh, the Panthers one point back of Pittsburgh for the second wild card. That was a big win for the Panthers to snap their losing streak. Uh, Toronto, meanwhile, does clinch a playoff spot. They are still six points up on Tampa for home ice advantage in their matchup, but they are going to play Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. The Islanders with a big win over the Capitals that might have uh, buried the Capitals. The Islanders cre- create more separation between themselves and the Penguins for that first wild card. New York with 87 points, so they're five points up. Washington now stuck at 77. They've only won three games in their last 10, and uh, a long ways to catch up to that second wild card. And the Wild beat the Avalanche 4-2. to And AJ, I promised you that the winner of this game would be in first place in the Central. And? And Minnesota wins, and they are in first place oh, in the Central. Oh, you predicted it correctly. Yes, yes I exactly. believe in you. That's what happens when the two teams that are separated by one point play each other in, you know. <laughs> That's smart. So uh, the Wild now have 97 points. They have created a three-point separation between themselves and the Avalanche, who are actually dropped to third Uh, Because the Stars, same amount of points, have a tiebreaker. And it's interesting because if it does hold that way, then the Stars would have home ice advantage in that playoff series. So, playing out the uh, final games here in the Stanley Cup, uh, or the the regular season before the Stanley Cup playoffs, and there are still playoff seeds on the line. Like, no one has clinched in the Western Conference yet. It's, It's just wild. They're all so jumbled up. But no one has officially clinched yet.
2: Does Sid the Kid make it 63% currently at 538 for the Penguins?
0: It's, they're not playing well. They're not playing well. They're one point up on the Panthers right now. So if the season ended today, the Penguins are in the playoffs. But they're only one point up on the Panthers. They're you know uh, five points up on Buffalo, Ottawa, and Washington. So if they continue to slide, if they get poor goaltending like they've been getting, I, I don't know, to be honest. So even with if you. they
1: do make it a team, you don't want to back come playoff time.
0: No, they're going to play the Bruins in the first round. They'll probably get swept. Okay. So I want no part of that. The Bruins are at home against the Blue Jackets. Boston's minus four fifty-five. That's an Elvis line. Elvis sighting. I, I got to be honest with you here. Boston has absolutely nothing to play for, and they just lost to the Predators at home. Now I don't know if they want to not lose two in a row, but it happened to them about two weeks ago. They lost two straight. They have the best home record in the NHL. Maybe they want to protect that, but they have absolutely nothing to play for. They have 119 points. It's over. It's Vince Carter. Over.
2: They could break the record. 132 points is the record.
0: They can't break the record if they There's,
2: get eight wins in a row.
0: If they win, if they get 16 points, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What's yeah?
2: Eh. I always thought the Warriors going for 73 wins was a mistake.
0: It's yeah. All about the title. I, I, I don't know. I think for, this is a high line. I wouldn't hate maybe a sprinkle on the Blue Jackets, to be honest with you, but it's probably just burning money. But anyway, uh, the Panthers are at the Canadiens. I wouldn't Canadians. hate burning money today, yeah. but I might. Panthers are at the Canadiens, and uh, I like the Panthers to keep this thing rolling. Even though Montreal has really shown some fight as of late, young team playing you know, the kind of spoiler role, Florida picked up a big win yesterday and it keeps their playoff hopes alive, I think they build off of that momentum, pick up another win here tonight, and overtake the Penguins for the second wild card. The Penguins are off. The Rangers are at the Devils, and New York is hot, hot, hot. The Rangers have won eight of their last ten games, and don't look now. Okay, Literally, turn around, don't look. The Rangers are five points out of first place. I looked. So not only are they two points back. ruined it. Not only are they two points back of the Devils for that who's going to have home ice in the 2-3 matchup, but Carolina's lost six of their last ten games, including the last two straight. If Carolina keeps slipping, the Rangers keep winning. I, I, I bet you Gerard Gallant right now in that dressing room is telling his team and they're there now, like all these hours before the game. So they're in there now. Yeah,
1: yeah, just hanging out, like He's saying, eating breakfast together.
0: We got a chance to get first place. And I, it's kind of like pick your opponent if you're the Rangers. Do you want to play the Islanders in the first round? Do you want to play the Devils in the first round? Do you want to play the Canadians in the first Not the Canadians the, the Hurricanes in the first round. Uh, so the Rangers, I mean, that would be impressive if they can rise up here and win this division. But Rangers at the Devils, New Jersey minus 135, total of six and a half. Here's what I like in a Rangers-Devils game under both these teams they could see each other in the first round of the playoffs i think that there's going to be a little bit of a message sent if you know what i mean if you can bet hockey fights like will there <laughs> be a fight maybe sprinkle a little bit on here i don't think there will be but i could see it happening there's not there's not many fights anymore there's scrums you can you can, I wish nobody you could, drops a glove nobody and goes at. It's, no. it's it's rare now it's but soft. um
2: did you guys like in the video game where it would actually like be a mini game outside of the game? Yeah. where you fight. And you'd yeah.
1: Like yeah, so Blades of Steel was awesome. Blade I liked uh, yeah. the very first uh, hockey game I k- I played on Nintendo was just called Ice Hockey, and you <laughs> could generic. either
0: be, you had a medium
1: sized guy, a tall skinny guy, or a short fat guy. That was your three yeah. options. But you would fight, and then there would be blood come out from the guy <laughs> yeah. who lost. I no, like that. I, I used to like Blades of
0: Steel. <laughs> 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 Mix <laughs> Like, did you guys not have microphones? Mix the <laughs> For.
2: Video games doesn't sound like that. Yeah, no, they did. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, flyers are at the Senators. Ottawa minus 155. I like Ottawa here. They still have playoff hopes, something to play for. Predators at the Penguins. Oh, I said the Penguins are off. I just probably meant the Penguins are going to lose. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh minus 195. They oh, need they're going to lose in their dogs or their favorites? I mean? They need a win <laughs> so badly. And I've been so anti-Predators because they've just been playing poorly. And uh, they, 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 you know, they've been banged up. Injuries. Predators are still only three points out of a playoff spot in the Western Conference. And they're just coming off a win against the Bruins in Boston. So maybe Nashville playing with some pride here. uh, And Pittsburgh just has not looked good. Capitals at the Lightning. Tampa Bay minus 195. Again, you got a team in Tampa that's got nothing to play for. Well, they're six points back of Toronto. Maybe they can steal home ice advantage. But Toronto's got a game in hand, which hurts Tampa. And the Capitals, it's like, it's do or die. It's like, if it's not now, which I thought it was going to be the last game, and it wasn't, I thought it was going to be the game before that, and it wasn't, it looks like this team is just rolling over right now. Again, 3-4-3 and three in their last 10 games. Hurricanes at the Red Wings. Carolina needs a win in the worst way, but then so did Pittsburgh, and what happened? Detroit went out there and whooped them. So maybe Detroit now is saying, hey, we're just not gonna let these playoff teams come into our building and push us around and think they're gonna get an easy win against us because we have nothing to play for. They're actually playing with pride. Blues are at the Blackhawks. You wanna talk about a team that has nothing to play for? Both of these teams stink, but Chicago is even worse. Chicago, I, I McKenzie, I mean, how I mean, there was a time the Blackhawks were the best team in the world. Right? I
2: used to be mad because every bar would have only Blackhawks games yeah. on. I'm like, I kind of watch
0: watch some NBA here. I mean, this is a team they went on like a San Antonio Spurs like run, yeah, like winning the, the title every other year. Like it was just like they were incredible. Well, it was them and the Red Wings, yeah, who uh, also sucked. <laughs> but now it's like Chicago. They lose every game they play. It's I mean, it'll be I guess it'll be fun seeing Connor Bernard in Chicago. It's original six teams, so might as well get the next uh, great player on an original six team. Sure. Uh, The Kings are at the Oilers. Edmonton minus 160. This is going to be a fun game. Edmonton has 95 points. The Kings, 96. Vegas, 98. The race in the Pacific Division is on. The Ducks are at the Kraken. Seattle, minus 335. The Ducks, pathetic team. Seattle currently holding the first wild card spot with 88 points. Three points up on Winnipeg. And the Golden Knights at the Sharks. Vegas, minus 165. Again, Vegas battling with the Kings and the Oilers for the Pacific and the Division. For for and the Sharks battling with the
1: Blackhawks for the And the Sharks.
0: Yes, the Sharks are battling with the Blackhawks. Uh, the Sharks have 55 points. The Blackhawks 54 points. Not
1: an original six team though.
0: San Jose, no, no, no. no. Unless you count the Seals. I mean, they had, <laughs> back in the day, no. Uh, yeah, so we. Uh, I would bet against all these terrible teams. I would bet on the Knights against the Sharks. I would bet on the Kraken against the Ducks. I'd, the Blues are a bad team, but I'd still bet against. I'd bet on them against Chicago just because. Honestly, I'd bet on the three of us against Chicago. Uh, I mean, no offense. I mean, come on, these guys are professional hockey players. I mean,
2: we would need a goalie. But yeah, I mean, th- some of them. Some of the, I mean, what the hell is that supposed to mean? We don't. Obviously, I'm a, the. defender. I'm a goalie. Oh, you're the goalie. I'm a goalie. We need a fourth player uh, well, right? or fifth player.
0: Well, we, yeah. I mean, well, we can get no. Fez and RJ, right. but then we'd still need another player. I'm
1: shutting they, them out because guys figure out the rest. We'd
0: be, we'd be <laughs> you short need to score one goal. He we'd be short-handed it. every time. I'm
1: like Jacob Degrom. Right.
0: So we won't score for you. Yeah. That we're not? yeah. I'm
2: taking it easy, personally.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's what's going on on the NHL schedule tonight as the season is winding down. And, again, t- today is all about Major League Baseball. Uh, I-, I don't mean to disrespect the other sports today. It's going to be hard for me to focus on anything else but baseball. Starting at, I guess, first game is 10 a.m. our time? Yep. I think so, yeah. Games start early out here. My TV will not be off. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the gym today.
2: <laughs> like, How many games will you have on at once? All of them that you can?
0: Um, I will have, so I'll have one on in my living room television. I will have just one game on. I will have the game, and it works out for me with my bets. Again, I'm not going to give them out because they're on pregame.com. But it works out for me because I have a big bet in the first window of games. I have a big bet in the second window of games. And I have a bet. In the next window of games. How nice is that going to be when
2: you're 2-0 and or 3-0? and You're just watching the last
0: game. Exactly. On, so I can just watch them separately. But I will say this. I will have the office television on with the, uh, like, multiple games on that screen. So I can go in there, kind of check on things, type up some stuff, make some notes, and then, you know, go back to my regular game. See, baseball, again, I say it all the time, it's the best background sport. You can just leave a baseball game on in the background and come back to it whenever, and you'll always know what's going on. Yeah. You're never going to be out of the loop. You always know. Scoreboard tells you everything you need to know. The announcers reset all the time. Like, even there's nothing better. Forgive me while I get romantic here about the sport of baseball. There's nothing better than, you know, whether you're doing work outside in the yard or you're just sitting, sipping an iced tea. And you're just listening to a baseball game on the radio. And you don't even have to pay attention, but it's just the soothing sounds of a baseball announcer on the radio. And then they'll hit the, they'll reset for you and tell you everything you need to know.
2: The crack of the bat.
0: Yeah. Fourth inning here in the Bronx. <laughs> Yankees lead the Giants 4-1. And then that
1: voice comes on, Derek (laughs) Jeter coming up in the next inning.
0: (laughs) Here's what I can't wait for. Nothing more relaxing than hearing this. What is John Sterling's Anthony Volpe home run call going to be? Holy Volpe. Like, that's what I want to know. Well, Susan, I tell you, this Anthony Volpe here is uh, a New Jersey native and uh, will be starting at shortstop for the Yankees. That's right, John. You know, the last time a 21-year-old started at shortstop for the Yankees, it was Derek Jeter. Shut
1: the fuck up, Susan.
0: <laughs> now, that's not polite. Susan, a I morning, thank show. you. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's, a, there's a wake-up call. <laughs> uh, it's probably going to I don't know. Like, How what? great
1: would it be if John did say that once? Uh, God, I'd love it. But he, he'll ne- he's too much of a pro. He'd never do it, but that'd be great. Like, what is going to be,
0: it's got to be, uh, oh, wow. Hmm. Volpe. What rhymes with Volpe? Volpe. No. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> something with Anthony. Like, is there like a famous like quote with like Anthony? Anthony something? I don't know. We got to find out what Volpe's home run call is going to be. That's the biggest thing. Here's a thread on Reddit that somebody suggests. Hmm. Somebody suggests. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's Anthony a Volpe. Volpe. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> that's so dumb. And again, <laughs> we don't know. But anyway, uh, it's going. What about be... a Volpedo? A Volp? A Volp? A, a Volpedo from Volpe? A Volpedo no. off the bat of Volpe? No, no. He's wearing number eleven, by the way, and he did ask Brett Gardner for permission. To wear number eleven, not like the Yankees were going to retire Brett Gardner's number eleven, oh. but it's still a respectful thing to do. I wonder if he picked eleven because one and one equal two for Derek Jeter. He looks like he pulls like Jeter.
2: He looks like he gets girls. I feel like short no shortstop. one pulls like Jeter.
0: Hey, I mean, he's young; he's twenty-one. The twenty-one-year-old kid that grew up in Jersey playing shortstop for the Yankees—this is an Very amazing Jeter-esque. story. Jeter-esque, but like this is an amazing. I don't. like How are people not making a bigger deal out of this? Because we don't know if he can play. Just
1: assume he's a Hall of Famer.
0: Like, that's Yankee mentality. (laughs) I (laughs) swear
1: to God, let me tell you about my, I have a buddy who was like, I mean, he bought all this merchandise and shit, like autographed jerseys, because he was convinced Gary Sanchez was the- Gary. He was going to be the, the next great Yankee who was going to be in Monument Park, and Gary Sanchez hit some home runs, and then he sucked. And it's like, but every new Yankee is, like, supposed to be- the next Derek Jeter. And it's like one out
0: of five works. Like, the equivalent of this would be a kid growing up in Dallas, right? A kid born in Dallas that grows up as a, a a Cowboys fan and then becomes at 20 years old the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty freaking cool. So
2: the first yeah. 10 numbers in Yankee history all retired. Yes. 11 is next up. Yeah.
0: There you go. But I don't know if, the, like I said, the Yankees weren't retiring Brett Gardner's number 11 <laughs> with all due respect to Brett Gardner. Right, that's why I gave it up. But I like the respect that Anthony Volpe showed by calling Brett Gardner and asking permission to wear number 11. Now, I said I wonder if it's like plus one and one equal two. Is that why, you know? Yankee shortstop. Eh. <laughs> number we'll two. Number two. Derek Cheetah. <laughs> number two. Okay, here's the coupon code. That's what you all been waiting for. You're like, Scott, shut up. Give us the 20% off. Okay, you sold us already. We want to buy your baseball picks. We've been listening to this podcast. Shut up and give us the code. Give us the code, man. Give us the code, man. Well, if you listened yesterday, you got a code. And if you listen today, you'll get a code. You listen tomorrow, you're gonna get a code. We give out codes all the time. I got codes. I got, I got codes. codes. <laughs> Here it is, Sov twenty. Oh, I could have guessed that, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> Sov twenty, straight out of Vegas, is the show. And SOV20 is the promo code that will get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. It's simple. Go to pregame.com. If you haven't signed up already, do do it. Put your email address in, type in your name, press enter, sign up, and guess what? $25 right in your inbox just for putting in your email address because now you're a member of pregame.com. So use that $25. Go buy yourself a daily best bet. Go buy. Go get yourself $25 off a season subscription package. Now, once you, once you sign up and you're a member, now you have access to every promo code we give out on every single show, whether it's this podcast, whether it's the Dream Preview, any pod that gives out a coupon, bang, you can use it. SOV 20 is going to get you 20% off anything at pregame.com. Take advantage. I recommend the season-long subscription because you get the most bang for your buck. But if you want to just do a daily best bet, go right ahead. mackenzie has got NBA. MBA. I got an opening day package today. I got five picks for the price of one we call that a discount in the industry you know what you should do what's that
1: you should give one of them to the people
0: well if they've listened to this podcast them d- i've actually given them oh all right so let them you, wet their beak a little so if you if you think wait scott didn't give a pick but didn't he maybe go back and listen okay because <laughs> i actually did give you i heard you give you i'm a betting you're not betting i
1: know that <laughs> Is that a hint?
0: For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM. Happy New Year! (laughs)